Welcome to the DBS Films Podcast, a behind-the-scenes look into making indie films. Learn from DBS Films about their process, tips, and fun stories that all come with making multiple movies a reality. Hey everybody, welcome to the DBS Films Podcast. My name is Kellen, with me as always is my brother Brendan. Together we make movies with the DBS Films. In today's episode, we're going into part two of why Barbie Heimer was such a big success, and more importantly, what studios need to look to do in order to replicate that success or potentially even grow it. As always, be sure to take a look at our Discord channel online because we make movies for our fans with our fans. So if you ever want to be part of the movie-making process, that is the place to be, my friends, as we cast directly from our Discord community for cast and crew. And also, we have our newest feature film, Horror in the Forest, could be out right now. Please give it a rent or review. It is means of the world to us. So let's go ahead and hop in. You know, as we kind of mentioned on the last episode, you really want to try and make it more of an event. And I think I want to start highlighting and kind of talking about this from there, where we see, you know, the 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 studios that are getting the more and more success that we really point to are A24 and Blumhouse. I would say they are very connected with their audience, much more than a Universal or any of the Marvel movies or anything like that, who really, I don't think they really care too much about their fans, other than the fact that they give them lots of money. But you really kind of see more interesting things developing. That being said, I still think they are at maybe 2%, where everyone else is at 1%. Because what we're doing here with DVS Films, where we have events, things like karaoke night, all of these different things that we're doing within our Discord directly with our fans. We're having Q&As, we're doing things like that. I think that is the model that can show a lot of success if we had our own theater. And I think this is kind of the idea to talk about is... If you could make going to a movie part of that community process or part of, you know, the meetup or a place to hang out, I think that's when you can really see the success for a movie theater. So you want to kind of talk about that mindset that we were essentially chatting about a little bit of if you had it to be a place where, you know, you come to watch the movie, but you're going there to meet the people to go to the event. You know, one thing that we even talked about was imagine you you show a movie and then right after the movie, it's karaoke night at the bar. Like that sounds like a win-win date night to me. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, my goal through the, you know, the longer version of DBS, I don't think like we will be on Netflix eventually. We'll be on HBO, we'll be on tier one streaming. It's not as lucrative. There is, you're still dealing with studios. You're still dealing, dealing with distribution. You don't control the process all the way through. You don't have vertical integration. I think the next move for us really is theatrical launches. Now you can do that. We have the ability to do that. So it's also very, it's very filmmaker friendly as in there's nothing stopping me from putting all our movies in movie theaters outside of it's going to cost me close to a million dollars. And the problem is, is that you put that million dollars out there and very, very quickly that million dollars can go away. It's very expensive to get in all these movie theaters Um, across and have a wide release in order to get your money that being said if you have a movie that takes off like paranormal activity or skinnamarink or outwaters you can make hundreds of million dollars very very quickly Um, so it's very dangerous and right now um, we are not in position to do that i do not want to risk that kind of capital on stuff when you know we can't even get in the top 10 on amazon i think as we release these movies, as we get better on the movies, as we start to get top five Amazon releases, top one Amazon releases, I think we will be able to start taking over theatrical stuff. 
Um, the legs on theatrical are great. I do think people will go see movies. They'll go see movies that they're part of a community, like Kel said. So I think that's like in my mind, a better step for us outside of going on HBO and Netflix and on these other uh, streaming platforms would go be theaters. We're just a little bit far away from that right now. Um, but I think it's a more lucrative step for us. The second would be, obviously, I'd love to have our own chain of theaters. I think the biggest thing is that with Hollywood, they're just very slow. And then once again, the movie theaters run on extremely razor thin margins. So they just, they don't care either, man. They just, there has been no innovation on movie theaters in the last 15 years. And it's been a huge problem. But they, it's not to their credit. There's just not a lot of money there. There's not, especially now with digital. Once again, it's hard to get a family of four to go to a movie when it's 80 bucks for an hour and a half of, you know, entertainment. So I think that there is a way for theaters to almost become restaurants or bars. And that model works because you have Buffalo Wild Wings. You have all these sports bars that let you go in there to watch a sporting event for free. And they make their margins on food and alcohol sales. And I think that could be the model that needs to happen with movie theaters. If you come in there and you spend money on food and alcohol, you get the movie for free. And I think MoviePass proved that this works. But once again, MoviePass was a middleman to a middleman. And they were actually so successful that they bankrupted themselves. So I think there is a business model in there. The problem is Hollywood doesn't want to do it. The movie theaters don't want to do it. Somebody eventually is going to figure this out. Alamo Draft House is very successful. Um, you know, out COVID, I think, almost took them out, but they're coming back now. The Enzian, which is a very local indie theater around us, very, very successful. There is demand for this product. There is demand for a new experience. And I would say just giving food and alcohol is like step one. Like Kel said, events, making it there, making it a speakeasy at night. You know, we have a very successful bar next to us called Cocktails and Screams, Halloween bar. People go nuts. They do a great job. They're doing Harry Potter night tonight. It's amazing. All it takes is that little bit more effort, that little bit more thought. And I think that people will dive headfirst into this. There's so many people, especially horror fans, that would just love a 24-7 horror movie theater that only showed horror movies that gave really good drinks. You can come in and get a cocktail from Mo, from Carl, from Frank. And then you get to go watch your movie. And then afterwards you come back and you get another cocktail and boom, you're out. People would pay money for that. I guarantee it. The problem is that you have these segmented parts of this industry that are very lazy. They're very old and nobody wants to, you know, turn on their brains and do a little bit of effort when they're just getting tons of money from basically doing the same thing they've been doing for the last 40 years. So I think Mo would be the only person I'd take a cocktail from because Carl it would be all salty from his tears and then Frank's would just kill you. It would just make you go blind with the alcohol content. But that's exactly kind of what we're talking about is there's a lot of potential for us to go into this space with the community. So let's kind of create like a little roadmap there because this is an idea that I'm fixated on as well too because I think having our own theater makes so much sense, especially with our focus on our community to have these almost kind of being like a home base for us to do these events, for us to do premieres. It just makes so much sense. 
So the first step, you know, as we kind of mentioned, is basically forewalling or looking at theaters around the country that we can then go ahead and put our movie up in. What's really nice with this is the way that we have the Discord community, we can begin to test the waters in this. We can understand where people are at. We can understand where people would want to travel. So really think of it this way. You know, it's going to be basically like a local DBS meetup where everyone will go out to the movies. You know, we can do some fun guerrilla marketing in the city or like hanging up posters, little things like that. Maybe a whole bunch of really cool stuff. We're good at digital marketing, so we can also geo-target the specific area. But I think the first thing would be, you know, finding those ideal locations. I mean, if it makes enough sense, I think you could have a little DBS tour where not only do we show the movie, but like we'll do a little Q&A afterwards. You can meet me and Brendan. You know, those are all possibilities for what this four walling looks like. But the thing that you were mentioning is if it is successful, it's very successful and it adds a whole nother revenue stream. If we can have a successful theatrical and then put it on Amazon and already cover the budget for the movie based on the theatrical, that is the that's the game plan. That's where things really start moving. So you want to talk about the four walling and kind of how we might ease into it, what a first one would look like, what the benefit is, because I'm sure this is something, again, if we talk to our community about I know if there is a DBS movie, probably even within an hour, two hour range, you'll probably get a lot of people driving out there because you get to meet the other super fans. You get to meet all of the people in the process. And, you know, again, that really supports us a lot. Yeah. So for uh, people who don't understand what four walling is, when you go to launch your movie, there's two options that you have. You have traditional theatrical releases where you release the movie and movie theaters will accept it and there's some kind of revenue split in there usually it starts i think at 50 50 and depending on how your movie goes or if it's a big blockbuster movie they can demand more um, a better revenue split but basically there's no risk to you outside of marketing but your movie will go in the movie theaters and the theaters are hoping to get that revenue back plus the popcorn and the food um and the foot traffic for if you but in order to get that, you have to negotiate with these movie theater change, and that requires, once again, distribution. They don't take unsolicited requests to put your movie into the theaters. If you've seen movies done on indie scale, it's usually done through something called four-walling, which is I essentially pay for that movie theater. You rent it out, and basically I can collect the ticket revenue, and usually it's pretty much 100% coming back to my my pocket so i pay a whole fee to rent the theater out for that night do a movie showing and then i click the revenue you put the tickets on like eventbrite or another um or the theater will collect it themselves so that is an interesting option for us to get started because it just is a one-time commitment from me we don't have to there's no one saying yes or no basically we just rent out the theaters in order to do this, we need to sell 250 tickets. That's it. So each theater holds about 250 people, and we would have to get 250 people to come to this event. Um, but if we had 100, 150, you know, Discord people or people who are fans, you know, other people can come in there as well. We have grassroots marketing. I think having clowns outside of a city holding up balloons like would be kind of weird. Smile did a great job of grassroots marketing, but we can just get an, another 50, 100 people in there. Then we're in really good shape, but I would make it an event and it definitely could be a traveling tour. You do a drink beforehand, red carpet uh, pictures with the cast and crew show the movie after party, and then we move on. And we just try and hit as many cities where we have a very good idea of, you know, that the fact that we can sell out 250 seats. 
So basically home base in Florida, somewhere on the East Coast, Chicago. I know we have a lot of Discordians. Um, a West Coast and then probably somewhere in Texas um, would be the ideal thing. So every movie release, we hit six or seven different cities and try and sell out these theaters. So you get autographs, you come in there, um, meet the crew, Q&A. It'd be a night with DBS essentially. So that would be the first step. I think if we could do that and just even break even on that um, would be really, really cool because it'd be a nice way to reward the community. It'd be fun to go all these little cities. Um, I think the actors would enjoy if they have the availability to come and do this kind of stuff. But I think this is a idea that we have. We just have to get more people, more people on board, the bigger community. But there's really nothing stopping us from doing this outside of a time commitment and a monetary commitment. But if we were like, hey, you know, we're going to thinking about doing a tour in New York City and we have 200 people commit to a ticket or we do a Kickstarter for just tickets. Um, it gives us a good idea of a security blanket as far as, you know, not losing too much money on this kind of endeavor. It definitely is something that I think, you know, we can just kind of keep monitoring and once we feel comfortable, easily pull the trigger. So I'm very excited for it. And I know it'll probably be a big success. So only scale from there. Let's go ahead and talk about the really fun one though, which is why it makes sense for us to have our own theater. I think, you know, one, we have management skills when it comes to other businesses. I think we have that unique vision that we were kind of talking about in the first episode that you really need to make these an event and on top of that, it just works so well with us being a production company in the sense that we have a place to premiere our movies. We have a place to reward our community. That is two major elements to having our theater. I think it'd be something really fun that we'd explore things. You know, we talked about like on the weekends, you have football games in there. Why don't you do stuff like that? I was thinking like, why don't you do like breakfast club and mimosas? Like you can do so many different things. You know, there's a lot of different movies out there. You can Again, licensing, you know, would probably be one of the bigger ones, but I think you could really make it a, a movie goers place to hang out, have a good time. We basically mentioned it'd be based around, you know, a restaurant and a bar, and then you have these different showing rooms and you basically have different themes and things like that. But as DBS, if we're making, you know, 10 movies a year, 20 movies a year with multiple production teams or however that scales, Having a place that we can kind of treat as that home base to premiere these movies, to have events in the Discord, to do things like this, to me, it just makes a ton of sense to even if it was the business was just breaking even, it's a massive success for what we can leverage it with how it you know affects the movies. That being said, I think if we did something like this, it would really kind of revolutionize the market. Yeah, I think what you have to do is... People go to movies, but it's such a detrimental experience because the movie theaters, unless they're the classier ones, kind of suck. Like the one that's downtown Orlando is not the greatest movie theater. It is falling apart. So the movie theaters suck. The people, there's no customer service or good customer experience there. Um, I know we have Cineapolis, which is kind of revolutionizing that. But once again... Just to get something nice, I have to pay more money, which is already another pain point is these things are expensive. But I think if you made it so that people want to go there because it's a cool bar, it's a cool restaurant, and then the movie is the bonus, I think people would do it. If I got off on a Friday and there was something giving a happy hour special where all I had to do is go in there and buy one drink and I could go watch The Conjuring or Insidious in a movie theater for free as long as I bought a drink and maybe some food, 
I'd be down. I think people would do that. I think people would go to brunch and watch a movie. Like Kel said, I think it's a great idea. I think Friday the 13 rolls around. You can sell that place out really easily. Um, these people now go to a bar that's just a Halloween bar and there's no real movies or anything playing. And you could definitely capture people who are fans of these movies. You have James Wan night with the conjuring. You get to show the saw trilogy. You could have 24 hour movie marathons. Um, like there's just endless stuff that you can do, but none of this is getting tapped in due to that paramount clause, which is now gone, but also just, you know, it takes a little bit more thinking, but I do think that if you focus on customer experience, make going to the movie theaters without even seeing a movie, just a cool experience. And then the movie is, you know, the thing that unites people and brings people together, I think is, is so much better. I think just the customer experience is so poor that people are like, why am I paying 40 bucks for, for this to sit in this terrible movie theater where it's the seats kind of suck. There's other people making noise and it's just, it doesn't work. But I think if you cultivate a better audience, if you cultivate a better customer experience, I do think this model will work. Now there's a good chance that completely flop. And there's a reason that nobody's doing this, but I do think that, you know, people are looking for just a better experience. And I think if you could bring that there, that pain point of price isn't as bad as it is currently. So I think one last fun shoot to the future, potential possibilities. One thing that got me thinking, you know, a, a real opportunity for DBS as we continue to scale and grow again, you know, really focusing on our community when it comes to providing these opportunities is eventually we can have a catalog to have our own streaming service where we have DBS. You know, you go onto the DBS website and there's our streaming videos. There's all of our movies. We can acquire other indie movies. We can do promotion there, but that could be a really cool model of you can go in person. You have an online subscription. Maybe you get more discounts, things like that. So all kind of can tie into one as an entertainment industry. And I think it's just really interesting. And I think it's because people for the longest time just made so much money off of movies. There was no reason to spread your tentacles out. And I think this is why as an indie filmmaker, you know, we're, we have to think of all possible ways to monetize just because at the bottom of the barrel, when you're in the moat, you don't really get as much, but I think you allow for a really cool concept of, you know, this community of creatives. And I think what we're seeing right now with the discord is, well, yes, we do make movies, but the vast majority of interactions and things that are going on are just creative in nature. So I think, you can really create this ecosystem for creatives and providing these opportunities with these different movies. So you want to just kind of talk about how, again, what's cool with this. And, you know, I think it's kind of like the forest through the trees type thing. And I just want to kind of make a note of it. So people listening to this get an idea. There's so much potential and possibility for us once this ball really starts getting rolling. Now it's rolling right now, but it's still a very small snowball. But eventually, if things add up, the assets that we can build up by having this ability that we have to make these movies and the way we're focused on our community, we can do some really crazy things that have never been seen before. Yeah. And the the wild thing is that it's probably cheaper for us to branch off into theatrical stuff than have our own app. The app is a lot of issues as far as the chicken and the egg, because you have to have high quality content and then you have to have you know, people to come in there and watch all the high quality content in order to acquire more content, creating a streaming service 
is extremely, extremely difficult. Um, there is a critical mass that you have to do. It's almost like building a Facebook. Um, it's like, why are people going on there if no one's on there and no one's on there because there's not enough people on there. It doesn't, it's very difficult to kind of do this stuff. Where theat- theatrical stuff, you can draw people in with all the stuff that we just mentioned before. But I do think that, you know, there is an opportunity. Um, I think that everyone is kind of lazy um, in this industry. This industry is 30 years behind everything. I think if there's someone with a tech mind that could come in there and build the app to do streaming, to make it easy, to when you walk into a movie theater, you can order on your app and get, you know, your popcorn and all your stuff ready to go, your drinks ready to go. So you don't have to deal, stand in line, do all this stuff. There's just a lot of waste. Um, I saw it in Barbie Oppenheimer. It's just like the movie theater is absolute chaos. I'm like, there has to be a way to just make this so much better. Um, but I think Netflix is trying to do this. I believe they're opening their own branches of restaurants. So they are trying to kind of go into this area. I don't know whether or not they have this idea to branch into theaters, if this is kind of a test or if it's just something weird that Netflix is doing. Netflix does not scare me at all. They are so corporate and tech company that they don't care about creativity, or at least I don't think they do with how they treat writers, with how they treat their shows, how they cancel all this stuff. They are bottom line focused and it's good for making a good business. It's good for you know getting stock prices to where they need to go, but building that community, cultivating long-term success um, I think you need something more like the Apple mindset where you kind of really focus on customer um, customer experience, and I think you'll get it. So you're hearing me now. Hopefully, in the next couple of years, we will become the Apple of movie theater experiences. Yeah, that's a little tiny claim there. But I will say I think that the missing secret sauce that they're not looking at or expecting is going to be the backbone of how easily accessible our community is. Cause the way that I see it is you show up to the theater, you're telling me that there's not going to be a video of me every single time the movie starts and says, join us, join our, our discord and things like that. You want to be in a movie, like having all of these things available. I think the big secret sauce is that community element to it, which again, you know, when we can take things slowly and as we get to scale, it will allow us to go into these things, but interesting conversation. Now that's going to go ahead and wrap up this episode. Hopefully you guys enjoy our thought process in the future and again the more you support us the the easier this becomes be sure to take a look at our discord channel online make movies for our fans with our fans as a place to be and also if order in the forest is out go ahead give us some love give it a rent give it a review but until then have a good one my friends